You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about high touch with your customers versus automation. And I'm super excited to have a great guest with me today, Bill Choi. Let me tell hey, Nancy, you about- it's great to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Let me give you this amazing introduction, and I even (laughs) shortened it a little bit so we can weave in the rest of it throughout the podcast. So Bill is an Inc. 500 CEO, which is really a great designation to have. He's a natural-born contrarian who for 25 years has helped global brands like Sony, Disney, and Nestle see the world from a different perspective. As CEO of Civilis Marketing, Bill and his team help companies initiate and nurture real relationships. So that's real and relationships combined into one word. And that drives business growth using today's digital communication tools. His crusade is to rid the world of the garbage that floods our inbox. And he has a new book, Click Sand, which we'll discuss on the call. Hint, he shares how to escape from the trap of online marketing. Welcome, Bill. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you hit on the high points, right? So um, we're in the business of helping uh, humans connect. I think that's really how business gets done. And I think there's not enough of that in the world these days. And, in fact, I think it's um, a lot of business owners are getting talked into things that really aren't helping their business but, in fact, help the people that are selling it. So we'll explore that a lot more, I'm sure. Excellent. And I'm sure people are listening to how they can reduce the flood in their inbox. (laughs) As we're recording this, unfortunately, we're hearing all about Houston and the floods there. So it's kind of a timely topic. So, Bill, let's uh, just start off with some controversy right out of the gate. You feel there's danger and hypocrisy in online marketing. Tell us what you mean by danger and hypocrisy in online marketing. Sure. So I believe that um, there are a lot of assumptions that need to be challenged in the world. That's where the contrarian streak in me comes in. But in the online marketing world, um, what I see is that a lot of people are – a lot of people are convincing business owners that online marketing is what they have to be doing and they have to be doing it a certain way, which usually ends up to be something around some sort of volume activities, some sort of trickery in terms of the right terminology to put into an email or AdWord or your website, and it really loses a human connection. And the thing that I really talk about from the hypocrisy standpoint is that twofold. One, the online marketers, and, and I sort of uh, I put everything in there, by the way. I'm talking about email marketing and content marketing and AdWords and things like that, online marketing in general. A lot of those things are built specifically uh, by the people behind the scenes to make them addictive and make them something that you get distracted on in your business and you end up focusing on all sorts of tactical activities that don't really lead to success. And um, I go through this a lot in the book. In fact, what we'll the free chapter on uh, online for all of your listeners if they want to get into it in more detail. But a lot of it is built like online gambling to take advantage of things that happen in your brain. And um, so I think a lot of business owners fall for that 
And one of the things we're trying to do is challenge those assumptions and say, wait a minute, before you just assume this is what you should be doing, let's really examine what really happens here. That's an interesting viewpoint. So you talk more about relationship building, and you have a program called Relationships. Yeah. How, how can small business owners benefit from that program instead of all these emails and online marketing gimmicks? Well, so I think it really comes back to whether you, a lot of times you need a relationship to actually make the sale, and that's where I think the fallacy is here. You need someone to trust you, and as a small business owner, probably you need that more than even a large company because you don't have a you know, decades-long reputation and a giant size with lots of logos on your website to say you work for all these amazing companies. So if you're really trying to sell yourself or your team or something that makes you unique, and people are going to take a risk if they use you as a small business. So you have to develop trust with them, and it doesn't build trust to just spam people and keep hammering away at people. You have to do that by thinking about what that person on the other side needs. If someone's going to take a risk and hire your company for whatever it is that you do, especially if you're someone that they haven't used before or haven't heard of before, they have to sell that into their company. They have to realize that they're uh, taking a big risk by using someone they've never used before. And so you have to think about what they need on their side to be able to feel comfortable making that decision. And um, that's what I think you miss a lot by saying, okay, we're just going to send out lots of emails or we're going to post ads online because they're not going to learn what they need to learn about you from doing that. So I think in some ways small businesses really need to think about this and say, let's focus on building deep relationships with a few people that can make a huge difference for us instead of trying to just send out thousands of messages or you know, uh, whatever to try to get a few people, uh, try, try to get uh, people with a real thin relationship. That makes sense. So can you share some of those steps in that program? Yeah. Step number one is actually mapping out exactly what the world is for the buyer. Um, you know, so much of what marketing is these days has just become us talking about ourselves. My company provides this. We're different about that. And in fact, we've forgotten that there's a human being on the other side. So just start making a list of all the things that have to happen on their side for them to choose you. Some of those things you have control over, like them knowing that you exist and maybe knowing what's different about you. Some of them you don't have control over. You know, you were just referencing, um, you know, the flooding that happened in Houston. You know, that is certainly a tragedy, but also that's an event that's going to cause certain business things to happen. People are going to need to hire, you know, remediation companies and, um, you know, construction crews and all those sorts of things. So there are sometimes events that are outside of our control that have to happen for someone to hire us. And if you have a complete list of all those things, then you can make a plan for how you help accomplish as many of those things as you have control over and then be ready when the things happen that you don't have control over. So it's a matter of clearly understanding what the person on the other side needs. And then build a relationship around that. One of the other things I would mention is that we find that many businesses, even small ones, have a selling process. They have the steps they go through, right, where this is our proposal, this is our exploration of the client problems, and we're going to solve that and, and so on. But they don't have a relationship process. They don't have a process for getting to someone to know, like, and trust them. They either wait for a business opportunity to appear and then suddenly try to get really close to that person and form a relationship then, which is too late, or more likely, and this is where the online marketing guys convince you to do this kind of thing, you just sell all the time and think that that's somehow building a relationship. When we all know in the real world that if you run around and talk about yourself all the time, you're not going to build a relationship with anyone. <laughs> so it's really thinking about what a relationship looks like with that other person so that they trust you and they're willing to make that decision and take that risk to hire you. And I think that's the key to starting. I totally agree. So tell us how that you do that in your company. Maybe share a little bit about your marketing company and what approach is working for you. 
Right. Well, that's the first thing we do is sit down with a client and make that list. And then we actually, you know, our relationships program is a program to create that relationship process so that when you know these are the things that need to be accomplished with people that might buy from you, let's make a list of who those people are, and not just that this is their title and this is the size company they work for. No, specific people. So it's Jack and Fred and Tina and June. So it's specific people because each of those people has their own list of things that they need to accomplish in order for them to make the decision to buy from you. And then put a series of steps together. You know, That's the thing to think about is that a relationship process is a process. So many business owners uh, we run into think that building a relationship with someone else is something that's kind of accidental or just intuitive. You just kind of you know, are nice to people and know what to say. When in fact, you can map out a relationship and say, we're going to go through a series of steps. This is where we're at. We need to get deeper in this area, deeper in that area. And so very specific techniques, whether it's certain rapport building techniques, finding commonalities is a great one. Um, you know, we build relationships with other people based on not each of us liking each other, but the two of us liking the same things, the same music, the same sense of humor, the same movies. And in the case of business, you know, the same values, right? So if you're trying to communicate values to someone, let's say honesty and integrity is one of the things you have to communicate to people before they will risk giving you their business. Well, let's talk about how we can communicate that to someone. It's not just by sending them some newsletter that says we're trustworthy. It's by exhibiting that behavior. Maybe you have to be a part of some association and show that you're contributing to the community before they understand that you really do believe in that sort of thing. So the point is, is you can make a series of steps to accomplish what you need to accomplish in that relationship and then execute it like any other process. Great advice. So let's take it back to online because I have – so I went through some of your blogs, great stuff out there, and I Thank really you. like the one that says, speak only if it improves upon the silence, <laughs> reducing social media noise. Do you remember that one? Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, what I love – it was a great, great read. I've heard that consistency is important in social media. So I blog every Tuesday, and I release my podcast every Wednesday. How do you balance consistency – with speaking only when there's really something valuable to talk about. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, you have to put more time in on figuring out what's valuable. And I think, you know, the thing we're talking about here when you're talking about uh, blogging every Tuesday is you're talking about almost public publicize, uh, publishing as a media channel, right? You're, you're in a way that's similar, similar to a television channel or a radio station or a newspaper. So you're creating content that's consumed as entertainment and also as learning. And sometimes that can build trust among the readers, but sometimes you have to do more than that. So it's really just a matter of figuring out what those people need to uh, have on the other end in order to hire you. So just putting out content doesn't accomplish anything unless people seeing content from you is something that will help accomplish one of those things that need to happen in the relationship. So I'm sure you're aware some people would disagree with your viewpoint, right? <laughs> a lot of people disagree with it. I think that... Um, and some very big people would disagree with it. I'm certain the people at Google disagree with it. HubSpot for sure disagrees with it because I really go head-to-head with them a lot. Um, but I think that they're biased, and I think that they have created a situation where they tilted the rules in their favor. They tell you what's good and what's bad. They tell you more traffic to your website is good, more clicks are good. And, um, but they have an agenda. They get paid more by you doing more of that and people clicking on more of it and opening more of it. So. That's the challenge is that I don't think anybody has stepped back and objectively look at it dispassionately and challenge those assumptions. It's just like, well, everyone's doing it. I guess we need to do it too. So how do you 
sway them or at least get them to be open to your viewpoint? You know, actually what, what we, don't, we don't really try to convince people to change their attitude. What we find is that the business owners that are right for working with us are the ones who already know this in their gut. They already suspect, you know, it just doesn't feel right to do this, but everybody keeps saying I need to, my staff's on, top, on me all the time saying we've got to, you know, get with the latest stuff. But it just never feels right. It doesn't feel like this is the way we've always built the business. It doesn't fit our values to send stuff to people that didn't ask for it and to keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them. And so especially, you know, when you start to get into a lot of the things that happen in these programs, which are just tricking people, right? just trying to tweak the subject line in an email to get someone to open it. Like, that just doesn't feel authentic to the values in our company. And so what we find is that when, when I say this sort of message out there, the business owners that understand it already go, I, I, I knew it. I knew that was not right. I always felt that in my gut. So it's almost like they've just not been able to say it out loud because no one else has been saying it and uh, verifying that, that it's the truth. So we don't have to actually convince people. I think what we're finding is, is that people already believe it, and they're just wondering if they're the only one that feels that way. That's really interesting. I can see that, though. Yeah. So in your book, ClickSand, you actually share a lot of that. You say unscrupulous techniques that online marketers yeah. use. And I was laughing so much at one of your blog or one of your posts that said, if you don't open this email, oh, I don't know, you're not taking action or you're a bad person. Do you remember that title? I get those every once in a while, too. And I was like, who would even write that? That's so weird. But I've seen that in books. What are your thoughts on, do you cover that in ClickSand? You know, I think the, the general theory there that I talk about is, is that, and I talk, we talked at the very beginning about the stuff that floods all of our inboxes, and not just our inboxes, but our browsers and, you know, every possible nook and cranny that someone can squeeze their way into to try to get our attention. Um, what always cracks me up is that all the business owners we, we all get that stuff and hate it, just hate it. Yet somehow we think the stuff we're sending out and we're posting and we're tweeting or whatever is magically better. <laughs> so it's a weird bit of denial you have to have to even participate in it when you think, okay, I hate it when people do this to me, but, for somehow, but somehow everyone else is going to love what I do when I post this, post this kind of stuff. So that's really the thing to think about is if you just started with – looking at what happens to you today as you're browsing or, or you know, opening your email and say, which things happened that you really liked? And what if you did that to other people instead of the things you didn't like? And it's just a good starting point to start thinking about what you're doing. And is the book available now, or is it coming out soon? It comes out officially February 20th. Um, we'll put, uh, I'll put the chapter up on our website for all the listeners to get the damage chapter, which is Chapter 5, which goes through in detail all the different ways that it actually damages your business, because I think that's the most important message to get out there, that online marketing frequently isn't just benign. It's actually damaging. It really just, in several ways, takes you off your game. Um, and I talk about all the ways that the tools have been built to uh, hook you in from a uh, similar to online gambling, or to just gambling in general, um, a lot of the mental tricks and, and things that happen in your dashboards and the way the program works that are just like casinos, uh, designing gaming to get you to feel like you're in control when you roll the dice at the craps table when you're not really. So I, I put that chapter up there so people can get that right away because we need to get that message out. Excellent. That's really generous. Why don't you give the, the web address again because I know we talked early in the show people probably weren't ready for it. So why don't you give it twice? Sure. The, uh, you can go to uh, ClickSand, C-L-I-C-K, Sand, S-A-N-D.net, 
slash Nancy Gaines, and we've got Chapter 5 there to download. And since I'm advocating that I'm not trying to create a big email list and spam everybody, you don't have to give me your email address. Just go get the chapter and read it and <laughs> see if it resonates with you. And then if so, there's a way to get a coupon in that, on that page as well for 35% off when the book comes out. It's actually officially coming out I think now February 20th. So it's in editing right now, and they're doing the design work. And then also if something resonates with anybody, um, you can set up a call with me on that page as well, and we can explore it more. But I, I really want to get the message out to folks that there are some things you really need to critically think about before you jump into the online marketing world. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure the listeners will really appreciate that. So it's time for the fun question that I ask every guest on this show because we're all about productivity. Sure. So Bill, if you had one more hour in your day, so 25 hours every day, how would you spend that extra hour? You know, I don't know if anyone's ever said this before, but I would actually spend more time exercising. I, I run a lot. Um, I shouldn't say I run a lot. I, say, I would say I run. And one of the things that I've discovered as a business owner is that it's incredibly mentally refreshing for me. Now, it's, it's t- tiring to run. But um, I use something called um, unconscious cognition. And what I'll do is when I go out for a run, it's kind of meditative for me. It's obviously a repetitive kind of, you know, mindless activity. You're just kind of cruising down the road. But what I do is I place a question or some sort of suggestion in the back of my mind, you know. I need to think of a great thing to say when I'm on Nancy's show. What can I talk about that, that she would love or our listeners would love? And what I find is, is if you place something like that in your mind and you just go out and do something and it could be anything. It could be uh, golfing or running or you know, working in the yard. At some point, 20, 30, 40 minutes later, the answer just appears in your head. That Your brain will work on that stuff behind the scenes. And I just love that. It's so energizing for me to think, okay, I'm exercising and I'm solving problems. <laughs> so I've just, but of course, like everyone, I never have quite enough time to do it all the time. So I would just um, get out and work out and run. That's a great answer. I actually think of the question that I need to solve before I go to sleep. And oh, somehow, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it works. Um, and uh, I burn less calories than you running. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yours is probably more sustainable than mine. <laughs> and somehow the, the answer comes to me. I, I now keep a pad of paper by my bed because I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's a, in the middle of the night. I'm like, yeah. that's the answer. That is what i got to do. I'll remember that in the morning, right? But you don't. I don't. No, yeah. I have to actually. And I'm so tired. I'm like, I don't want to write this down, but I know I need to write this down because this is important. So I've trained myself to do that. But it took a little bit of getting used to. I like. You no, know, I sleep like a log, so I can't do it when I sleep. But I do the same thing when I run. I actually have to take a notepad. I, I usually have to organize my run so that I come back every 15 or 20 minutes past the notepad because I've got <laughs> things I need to write down or I will forget them too. I know. It's funny how that happens. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to add that I didn't think to ask you? No. I mean, I would go on forever about, uh, about the online marketing stuff, but I think we covered a really good part of it there. So I think hopefully people can at least start questioning what they're being told and make sure that it's right for them. And I think probably the, if I summed it up in one little sentence, I would say just be sure that you're choosing your tool last. A lot of times we start with the tool in mind. We've got to do that online marketing thing. We've got to get some AdWords, or I need to be on LinkedIn. And you don't have a reason for it. You just are doing that. So it's like choosing a hammer and saying, I've got to use a hammer. Well, guess what? Everything looks like a nail when you do that. So just choose the tool after you have a clear understanding of what you're trying to accomplish, and then, then, then it will be, be the right thing if you do choose to use online stuff. 
way to wrap it up. Bill, thanks so much for being on the show today. You've provided tons of value and a new way of looking at things. Listeners, I just added some speed consulting days on my calendar for fall. This is where you accelerate your business in just one day instead of coaching, which can take many, many months. Go to nancygaines.com slash scale to learn more. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.